try that again, huh? What's that? I said, let's try that again. Yeah. Wait, what? Why? Like, because you you had to restart. Yeah. Did we, uh, we're good? Did we yeah. sync lapped and everything? Yes, okay. we're good. I was just like, damn. I'm just saying, like, okay, take okay. two. You freaked me out. You freaked me <laughs> out, man. Uh, sorry. Is this the cold open now? <laughs> Do we leave this in? Is it the cold open? <laughs> this is the cold open. I had something for it. I had something. This is better, though. I was going to talk about how, like, getting, like, that perfect shit feels super good. But, like, I, I guess we're going with this. <laughs> Anyways, hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Call a Save Point, but not for me. I am your host, Declan Verbagor. And I'm your co-host, Aubrey Hodgkinson. Today we're going to be talking about a really cool, really sick game, World of Horror, at least in my opinion. So I guess let's just start things off like we usually do. Um, I, I assume you had never heard of this game before, so thoughts? Uh, well, I shouldn't say I've never heard of it before, uh, but before, before you and I lived together, I watched you play this game, like, very briefly, and I just remember thinking, like, this looks really cool, but there's a lot going on on the screen. Like, there's a lot to absorb. Uh, but I hadn't really put much thought into it until after you announced that it was our next game for the show, because, like... I don't know. It was just a game that I'd never really considered, but playing it is that like, it's actually more intuitive than you think. And it's actually really fun. I really liked the, like the short playthrough that I had. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think with what they give you in this game, like, like they give it to you like as, as is. And it's like, it's, there's a tutorial, but they don't really explain things, and you kind of figure things out. It's it's really... I don't know how to explain it. I like it a lot, but yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's very different for a, a roguelike. Yeah. I wouldn't even... Like, I've been thinking about it, and I don't know... I don't know that I would call it a roguelike. It's... Like, it, it definitely has roguelike elements to it, but to me, it reads as more of, like almost a visual novel in a weird way because like Mm, that's true yeah i can agree there yeah because like the mysteries that you do are for the most part like they're all pretty similar and or i shouldn't say they're similar but like they depending unless you like go for a different ending like they will most of the time play out in the same manner but the part Mm -hmm. that changes is what mysteries you can and can't do um Mm -hmm. But it definitely, like, I mean, I think obviously this is kind of the, like the point of the game, but it, it definitely feels like a fucking, like, MS-DOS era, like, visual novel or, like, uh, text-based game. Like, something like Zork. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if Zork had visuals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or if, like, you know, if Zork played into, like, the cosmic horror of, like, eldritch, el- eldritch gods and shit like that, you know? Um mm-hmm. But I really like the the way this game plays. Like, it, um, uh, like, the, I mean, the writing is really good, um, and the, like, the visuals, the art style is, like, it's really interesting to look at, and all of the enemies are, like, really, like, 
grotesque and creepy mm-hmm. in a really delightful way. And uh, I don't know. I just think it's it's a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, so th- this is definitely a horror game. Uh, yes. But the horror kind of, like, once you get used to it, it, it kind of, like, I don't know. It, it kind of the horror aspect kind of goes away, and it turns into more into like a action or not action adventure, like an like an adventure game, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But definitely for those first couple playthroughs, like there is some scary shit that happens, like random number generators. I, I don't know if this happened to you at all, but um, there's this one point where uh, I was in the apartment after a mystery, and it said. Um, like the the thing came up it said it feels like someone's watching me so i looked through my peephole mm-hmm. and there was there was this dude with like a like a bunny mask on standing far away from the door like just staring yeah and like oh man and sometimes if you draw your curtains in your apartment there's like a face like an eldritch face staring at you it's mm-hmm. really cool it's like just like small things like that yeah it's like even though your like obviously your apartment is supposed to be the game's idea of like a safe room and your little respite spot like the Mm -hmm. like the the minute to minute gameplay never really stops right because the whole point of this is like like this whole town just has a ton of crazy shit going on so it's not Mm -hmm. just like you enter a mystery you do the mystery and then you're done it's like it's constantly following you around and it's constantly trying to come at you and i think that's really Mm -hmm like a really interesting way of portraying like out like even outside of the mysteries you're doing like there's some fuck shit going on mm-hmm. and um i i guess we can put like a little bit of a background here um the game is kind of just like there's an eldritch god fucking with everything obviously like we brought it up a couple times but there's an eldritch god fucking with everything and it does different like effects on the world which mm-hmm. is like which is like your your permanent like debuffs for the whole run. Yep. Um, which is really cool to start off with. Like, there's an unseen entity that fucks with you. Yeah. Um, and then on top of all that, you're going. You're you have no idea what the fuck's going on. So you're you're doing these mysteries to try and solve like what is going. You've got this like detective board in your apartment that you're stringing things along to, and it feels like you're actually making progress after each and every one of these things because it like it shows them all connecting mm-hmm. and and even though maybe they don't connect to the greater deal um like it, it makes it seem like your character is getting it you know like is actually figuring it out yeah and i think that's really cool it's even like reflected through like the stats you obtain like in the little corner uh like there's a little portrait of your character and you know throughout the game as you like lose stamina and reason or gain it it becomes like it acts as like um like in a, in the original doom like in the bottom screen like when it it portrays your health by how fucked up uh or no wolfenstein sorry but it portrays your health as to how fucked up uh the main character's face is mm-hmm. uh and this game does that with like like i said your reason and stamina stats and uh like the gear you equip is portrayed in this little corner. And I just think it's really like, it's really great at like, you know, obviously being a majority like text-based storytelling game, like the visuals it gives you are like nothing to scoff at. Like they definitely help like Mm -hmm. really flesh everything out. Yeah. 
it really does look like you are looking into an old like um box computer monitor too yeah well like that's you, like you the, just popped it in yeah like because yeah. if you zoom out like in uh in the game i think if you change the aspect ratio like what you're playing on is like an old like ms dos computer yeah and i actually didn't know that until i i saw you playing mm-hmm. um i had always had my aspect ratio fit my monitor mm-hmm. i didn't realize that if you changed it 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 brought it out but that is really cool to me yeah it's really fucking cool it kind of reminds me of um uh I think Inscription kind of does that a little bit too, not to the same degree, oh, but it, yeah. it kind of like, you know, uh, like it, it treats it as though you're playing, like you're the person playing the game. And mm-hmm. I, I think like games that do that, like it's, it's a fourth wall break, like a pseudo fourth wall break almost, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not completely breaking the fourth wall, but at the same time, like it does kind of play with this idea of like, you are a person who is a person playing a game. Which I think is really, really cool. Yeah. And not a, not a whole ton of games do that, but mm-hmm. I can see I can see it happening more and more, which is cool. Yeah. It's um, it's it's a really like unique way of like not telling the story, but framing the story in a way that is interesting for the player to want to witness. Mm-hmm. And the the thing that really hooked me about this game, like the the visuals are amazing, obviously like well they're not amazing they it looks like shit but that's the point but it <laughs> it still is super charming it, yeah. it looks it, it it looks awesome for what it's supposed to be but the thing that really hooked me is i am like a ghost story like um creepy pasta nerd or well i used to be anyway and um every single one of these mysteries are reflective of different japanese folklore like scary stories and mm-hmm like kind of le- like knowing what's going on um while doing it like looking at a mystery and it's like oh the school one that is um uh about the scissor lady asking if uh she's beautiful that's something that's a story that I've read before playing the game and I think that is super cool and um I it, it brings like a sense of realism to the game like something's like like it's it's reflective of something that might actually be going on in the world because it is making references to the things that have quote unquote, according to these old Japanese men (laughs) is something that happened. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, and uh, I just think that's cool. Yeah. The game really does do a great job of leaning on like established folklore and, you know, using that to its advantage where, Mm -hmm. you know, in the in the macro right like a lot of it boils down to it's like um it's like the the stories of the folklore but also at the same time like it doesn't it doesn't require those uh aspects to be able to like you know throw like enemies at you that are just kind of like you know they're just yeah they're just enemies right (laughs) like like grunts yeah (laughs) yeah but they like at the same time it you know using the fact that it plays on so much of that established folklore like it really knows how to play to its its strengths and uh i just think it does it really well mm-hmm. that and um it also uses it to advantage where it's like i don't know if you noticed well obviously noticed there's like three endings for each story mm-hmm. and um depending on your stats and like certain items you could have um you can get different endings 
the first ending is usually like how the folklore ends is like it's real and all that but there are other endings where it's like like there's this one for the like mermaids and it's like they've got like scooby-doo endings you know yeah where it's like it's like oh man it was just like a pile of fish that someone was smelling and they were worried that it was all rotting mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and you're like calling it a day yeah it's like out. It uh, it reminds me of that one Silent Hill ending where it turns out that it's just a dog running like the mm-hmm. whole show. It's like, you know, like it. It's very. This game is very much like, like a. It plays a lot like how Scooby Doo feels. Is because it's just mm-hmm. like you're just a random kid like trying to figure out how to solve these mysteries, and sometimes they're like actually like there are actual real consequences, but sometimes it is just mm-hmm. like weird and goofy. Exactly, and I think that's so awesome. It's really great. I think, I think that's one of like the the coolest things about the game is it takes itself seriously, but it knows when to like slip in the oh you just unmask the mayor you yeah know, exactly kind of deal. Um, and the Silent Hill thing, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, that's a Shiba Inu like behind the controls, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if you've ever been to the shop in this game. Yeah, and um, it's a. Uh... The guy who runs the shop is a Shiba Inu, yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's a callback, but, (laughs) you know, so maybe there's something going on there. Yeah. But, yeah, um, this game has been out for, actually, I think, like, two, maybe three years now, and um, I played it a lot when it came out, but, you know, coming back to it, like, having that little time... Because there's only so many mysteries, and um, having the time, because they're still working on it, mm-hmm. um, having the time to come back and, like, see what's new and what's the same is is kind of cool, because there's, like, the stuff you've already done that you know how to do, and then there's, like, the newer ones, and it's all very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of leads into a concern that maybe... Um, once you get like the, all the endings and they stop like updating the game, it might not be very like super replayable like some other roguelikes. Even though we're not like really giving this like a traditional roguelike, you know, title. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's like the one worry I have about this game is that um, you know it might get dry if they stop supporting it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the nice thing about this and. Uh something to note is this game is an early access on steam and this is the first game we've mm-hmm. covered on the show that is early access and it's the first one i didn't know that yeah this is the Holy first shit. game that we've covered that's been in early access um Damn. but i think what i appreciate about this game and games that take advantage of the fact that they're in early access is knowing that they have a strong base for something and using early access as a way to you know, not only improve the game before its official, like, 1.0 release, but also using it to, like, slowly trickle in new content as the game goes on. And I think Mm -hmm. this is one of those games that will end up doing that really well. But there was a thing that I noticed in uh, the menu option is you can do custom mysteries. So, like, people can, like, come in and, like, Mm -hmm. create their own mysteries, which is another thing, like, I wish I could remember the title of the game, but um, there's a a game that is like it's described as like a like a a and esque kind of game and a lot of the mm-hmm. life that that game survives in is people like 
coming in and creating like their own campaigns for this game. And I could see this game being one of those instances where like a lot of the community is centered around creating like fun and unique mysteries for the other players to solve. Yeah. And I, I completely forgot about that. I, I missed, well, I, I missed it this time around, but now that you say it, I do remember it. Um, mm-hmm. The custom mystery stuff. And then also the fact that they have like, a mod screen built in. Yep. Um, there's no workshop. It's not on the Steam Workshop, which is a little disappointing because I feel like the Steam Workshop might be the easiest way to get uh, mods installed on things. But, yeah. You know, whatever. But uh, the modding community could probably thrive in this game very well, too. Yeah. This definitely reads as a game that, like, the modding community is what will keep this alive, like, as the years go by. And it definitely has a lot of potential for that as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, as of right now, it is um, it is very, very good. Um, but they, I, I am still a little worried because <laughs> it's still kind of under the radar. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hopefully uh, it can get a boost in player base. I could definitely see point. this game like not necessarily needing to have like a very large audience, but just like a very small but dedicated audience. I think it, yeah, this definitely reads as one of those games where it's like, it's definitely a sleeper hit, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to see what it becomes one day. This probably isn't a game that I'll like religiously play, but, um, I, I would love to watch it grow. Mm-hmm. I think like, one of the things that I kind of appreciate about it is it does kind of like, it's not a, a roguelike in the traditional sense, but it does have that aspect of like a game that you can just kind of return to every once in a while and play it for a couple hours and then set it down. And, you know, once Mm -hmm. like every once in a while, it's just like a pick up and go game. And, uh, like I think roguelikes and, uh, this sort of like quasi roguelike visual novel style, like it uh it lends itself really well to that sort of like play style yeah and the the cool thing is like all the it's because all the stories are like bite-sized little tales that you can just like breeze through with no prior knowledge yeah and i mean yeah i mean you're totally right um i can the the replayability is similar but different you know it's it's really it's cool in a in a different way than most other games play when it comes to like um replayability and storytelling Mm -hmm. so and i know we were kind of talking earlier about how like it feels a little weird that none of the mysteries like are like inherently connected to each other it's mostly just sort of tangent tangentially in the macro of whatever this eldritch god is is what's forcing these mysteries to happen but in a Mm -hmm. way that's almost to the game's strength because you know in between uh in between the different mysteries you can just save and quit and you know come back to that run later and you effectively will not really miss out on anything because from like from mystery to mystery like they're not super connected so you can do one mystery set it aside for a couple hours and then come back to it and you know you won't have to really worry about retaining anything it's just a matter of 
uh, it's just a matter of like continuing on and pushing through it. Yeah. Nice voice crack me, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> um, yeah. Also, this game's music is killer. I love it's, the music. In this it game. is. It is really fucking good. Um, especially one track or the the schoolyard tracks in particular, like the school mysteries. Mm-hmm. I think they have like the perfect balance of like anxiety and bump. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, my, I think my favorite track in the game is probably the, uh, the, the school mystery battles. Cause those are really mm-hmm. good. Um, but all the music in the game is really good. Um, a bunch of, uh, eight bit, um, you know, chip tune stuff. And I really, I really like that style of music, but, uh, it's only really used in games nowadays or EDM. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I really like the music in this game. Yeah, I think it's like, uh, there are a lot of like 8-bit games that kind of go with like an 8-bit style like music soundtrack, but mm-hmm. it plays more to like uh, modern music standards. But this game definitely feels, I mean, just in every aspect of the game, not even just the music or the visuals like effectively the whole game like it really does feel like it retains this like old ms dos era in a way that like Mm -hmm. it's hard for games to kind of do nowadays yeah it 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 sounds like it's straight out of the 80s or 90s when it comes to like a a japanese made game yeah exactly Um, especially when it comes to like horror i think they knocked out of the park with the uh the horror Mm-hmm. At, like aspect in the chiptune genre which it, i don't think it's really done a whole it like they didn't do a lot of horror games for the uh the older consoles except for maybe like what like clock tower have you ever heard of that uh yes i have the dude with the big scissors but mm-hmm. like anyway and the other ones are like licensed movie horrors like like games so i don't know yeah it wasn't often that you know games dur- during like the like the NES or the SNES era where like those consoles and their hardware limitations don't really lend themselves to that sort of gameplay mm-hmm. but it's really when you get into like the N64 or the PS1 era where you know we get we start to get things like Resident Evil and Silent Hill mm-hmm. but this game like i feel like if you were to plop it right down in the middle of the 80s like I, it i feel like it would fit in really well and it would almost be like a pioneer of a genre Exactly. Like, if you found out a way to go back in time to, like, the 80s, pop this floppy disk into someone's old-ass fucking computer, mm-hmm. like, they wouldn't bat an eye. They'd be like, oh, shit, this is the new fucking Nintendo. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this that new shit. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> this is that good good. Exactly. But, I mean, even nowadays, it's almost a pioneer of its genre. Because it's like, how many games are like i mean how many games can you think of that are like they i mean just in general are the way this game is like this Mm -hmm. game is like it's at least in my experience like it's wholly unique in both like visuals and gameplay and just style yeah and it's uh just like 
yeah, I I can't really think of many other games that are like 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 this, you know, mm-hmm. like triple like. I don't know, but it's uh, yeah. I mean, I I totally agree. It's it's very unique and one of if not like the the start of its own thing hopefully because this is awesome mm-hmm. so yeah it's definitely a like it hasn't like this like style of game definitely has a very like uh what's the word i'm looking for it has a lot of potential to mm-hmm. kind of become its own thing to fill a, like a, a certain niche yeah, exactly. Um, one one that I'd like to see more of, <laughs> personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, like an- another thing that I think is really cool about it is that it's like, it's the art styles w- while looking like it's something from like the eighties, some like wild old game that you'd find in like your old grandpa's fucking uh wardrobe in the attic mm-hmm. um but it also has that like new style mixed in like it's kind of it's like really gritty it's got like um like everything looks dirty in the game <laughs> but like yeah you know, that's true um and i i think that they they really they, they captured like two eras in one like the newer and the older yeah for sure but they definitely stuck more with the old would like mm-hmm. where it takes place what's it like 1994 I think. I, I think it's something like that, yeah. Yeah, but... Moral of the story, they knocked out of the park when it comes to style. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things about the game is... It, um... Shit, I lost my train of thought. Hold on, give me a second. Uh, okay. Uh, fuck. Oh my god, I can't believe I lost it. Um, Damn, you had, something, you had something cooking. I did. I had a fucking, like, I feel like I had a real banger opinion to fucking throw out there but i like it completely vanished from my brain um fuck what was it (laughs) well i've no idea (laughs) damn it um fuck i don't know i completely lost it i'll i'll go and if you remember tell me okay (laughs) okay um another thing i remembered it but gone no, no, now, now you go on because I, I don't want you to forget it now. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but we mentioned briefly earlier, like obviously this is like a horror game, but I mean, it's this definitely reads more as like it's more psychological horror. It's definitely like mm-hmm. a new twist on like what a horror game can be because like I, I mean, in the in the very brief playthroughs uh, that I did. Um, I think I maybe got jump scared once, but mm. in spite of that, throughout like the whole time, I was just like, you know, like like a healthy level of stress that any horror game will give you, or at least a good yeah. horror game will give you, right? Like you're constantly on edge the entire time because you have no fucking idea what's going to happen, especially myself, who's like a new player, like just starting to figure out like how everything in the game works. Like the game mm. manages to like keep your like anxiety at a very like at almost just the perfect level because you have no fucking idea what's going to happen next but it doesn't need Mm -hmm. to rely on like cheap you know horror game shit like jump scares or like 
spikes in like audio or things like that. Like it just, it manages to just let you ride this coaster of anxiety, like just perfectly the whole time you're playing. And it's really great. Mm -hmm. That and, uh, they don't like jump scare you in, uh, fights that are actually kind of rare in this game. Mm -hmm. Um, because it, like the screen fades to black, it puts in like a, a, a small little dialogue for something, and uh, it's pretty much random what it says. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But then like it's like, and then the music hits, and then that it jumps straight into the battle. And I think that is like that is the best possible way they could have done. Yeah, like an it's intro really, sequence. It's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't like go out of its way to scare you with it, but it also kind of like. It, it makes it feel like an actual like fight, you know, like you're fighting for your life. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the music helps a ton with that because you know, I don't, it, it's like they knew ex- they they put like anxiety factor into it and then like left it at that to just make you feel like on edge and uneasy the whole time rather than like like screaming in horror <laughs> like from jump scares and shit. So I I completely agree with you. Yeah, and I think, like, I think the story almost kind of lends itself to that style of horror because it's less about, um, like, this cosmic concept of, like, an eldritch god, like, trying to ruin the world lends itself Mm -hmm. really well to a sort of psychological horror because it becomes less about, like... Uh, it becomes less about it being, you know, something like a slasher movie where those kinds of movies rely on this idea that the, the killer is trying to sneak up on you all the time or like a mm-hmm. like a paranormal activity where it's like, you know, the like those style of, you know, horror mediums rely a lot on things like jump scares and being able to catch you off guard as often as it can. But this mm-hmm. game knows that, you know, the the style of horror that they're going for is sort of a more like obscure thing so instead of it having to rely on these jump scares it relies on the fact that like uh a lot of it is like anxiety or shock value you know like a thing Mm -hmm. might not scare you because it's a jump scare but it scares you because of the way it looks right like if you stumble upon like a mangled corpse and I mean the art style in this game, absolutely. Like you see everything in like grotesque detail. Like that's what really Mm -hmm. makes you uneasy because you're looking at something so like horrible and grotesque. And I think it, it does a really good job of maintaining that throughout the entire experience. Yeah. And it also makes sense to like the game's lore too, because it's like something that's like settling in, Mm -hmm. not like something that's already happened. It's something you're trying to prevent. So rather than everyone on the streets freaking out because there are these known entities in the streets, it's not like that. It's the main character fighting off these one or two things that are coming their way um, because um, no one really knows about it. So they they don't like, like they they don't bat an eye towards it. So, and, and it makes sense with like the, the eldritch god like attempting to like slowly you know bring itself in Mm -hmm. and i think that's that's really cool i i just like this whole game is really cool yeah it's (laughs) it's really great because i mean it's just such it's just such an a unique experience and like in in the horror genre in gaming like there aren't many games that can like 
this I feel like in my opinion like this there aren't many genres this game could fit into and I think horror is like the perfect choice for it because it it yeah. lends itself really well to being able to you know maintaining what a horror game should while not also being you know like cheap yeah and it also kind of teeters the line of horror too like I was talking about earlier mm-hmm. like once you get the hang of it it's kind of like a point and click adventure game as well yeah it and I mean it's exactly like you're saying like it's it could fit into a lot of places but like the biggest mainstay would probably be probably be horror mm-hmm. but yeah um that and i'm also like a mega hipster so i like it when things are old school <laughs> looking yeah <laughs> oh man and uh the thing that um i was i was gonna talk about earlier mm-hmm. um it's, I've got this weird, like, um, I don't want to say fetish, but I have this weird <laughs> fetish for, like, like, like staring at stats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this, this kind of feeds into that, too, because you're, you've got, like, like, six or seven menus on this right side of the screen that all just show, like, stats of what is happening. Yes. And, and, uh, I don't know. I, I love staring at that kind of stuff. And, I- uh seeing what things do this game does a really good job of making all of that because i mean you're right there's a lot of like keeping track of like your status effects and your health Mm -hmm. and like the other things going on around you in the world but the game does a really good job of separating all of that stuff so that it's not overwhelming and i think that it really lends itself to you know keeping the momentum going in the gameplay because you're not like constantly muddled in uh menus all the time because you know the game manages to uh like keep the gameplay and the menu separate right so you could be in the middle of gameplay but because of the way that the game is built given that it's like a sort of visual novel it allows you to you know play the game at the same time while also navigating through the menus and trying to figure out what you need to do it's really good Mm -hmm. yeah because uh the the menus like stay active the whole time even if you're like in battle or doing something else Mm-hmm. There's like the majority of the screen that is the uh, the actual game, and then there's like the bottom menu, and then the the right side menu that like always stay there as menus that you can go into. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's a good balance. Um, but also I'd like to talk about the uh, the actual fights in game. I think that they did that pretty good too. Like, mm-hmm. um how fights work it's not like well there's an obvious like (laughs) there's an obvious strategy which is prepare attack attack prepare attack attack or prepare attack attack three times Mm -hmm. Uh, because your attacks aren't guaranteed to hit and there's actually like it's only like a 65 percent chance to hit and yeah that like that lends itself to like the anxiety bit because you don't know if you'll hit Mm -hmm. unless you you use some of your very small amount of like stamina like your your move points or whatever yep um to like prepare your attack to boost it up to like 99% attack to hit mm-hmm. but like it takes up a part of your actions uh, it's a lot of balancing and i think i think that's great yeah and i think um it almost in a weird way like the game it reminds me of in a strange way uh is darkest dungeon 
because I think mm. Darkest Dungeon doesn't do it as well as this game does, but part of Dun- Darkest Dungeon is it, like, it forces you to um, sometimes take a backseat to combat because uh, the things that happen in between combat encounters also affect your characters. Mm. And I think, like that's one of this game's like really great strengths is it doesn't rely on combat to keep the gameplay interesting because it's more of uh like the combat encounters in this game are no different than any other encounter in this game happening whether it's like a small story beat that you're doing or uh navigating through menus like the game relying on combat is not about like it being the only thing in the game to do, but it's just it's just another thing that happens, which is why I find it really intriguing that combat happens so infrequently because that means like the game doesn't have to rely on combat to be fun. It it right. it's just another additive to the game to you know mm-hmm. keep the encounters you know interesting, but also keeping the counters fresh. And... Yes, exactly. Yeah, because like if you're constantly going into battle. Like, that's an issue a lot of JRPGs have. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that this is a JRPG, but it's definitely <laughs> some kind of an RPG. Yeah. When it comes to, to battling, because this is a turn-based game. Yes. When it comes to battling. Um, but that is something that a lot of games, I feel, do wrong, where they go too far into the combat bit. Yes, I agree. Um, but, I mean, for what they do, it's, it's pretty good. And also, if you're not prepared for these encounters... They are devastating. Yeah, they'll fuck you up. Like, you can go from, like, max health down to, like, eight or, like, even less and or even die just in a regular encounter because you can't, like, miss or you didn't bring any weapons um, or, like, you, you just can't do enough damage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Another cool thing about enc- when or battle encounters is that um, there's only like a handful of mysteries that end with a boss fight. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool too, because sometimes you can go through a whole mystery without getting into a fight and losing nothing. And then you're like, holy shit, maybe I do have a chance. And then the next one, you have like two fights and a boss fight and you're fucked. And you got like one stamina, like three reasons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, but you know, that all adds to like the, uh, the stressful aspect to the game. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, the last thing I really want to talk about when it comes to this game personally is the uh, the lighthouse area mm-hmm. um, it's a little underwhelming um, g- given like the rest of the game is so good uh, but it really is just like one big like stat check like do you have enough health and uh, are your stats high enough to get through this place? Because um, you have to go through like four or five different doors and then get to the top. The only Your only goal is to get to the top. There's nothing at the top except for getting rid of this Eldritch being. Mm-hmm. Um, but like most of the way up, it's kind of just like a, a stat check. And I, I think that fell flat a little bit for me, but I also can appreciate like you're on the home stretch. Mm-hmm. It's not like the meat. I 
I am inclined to agree with you a little bit because I was expecting like there to be like a big boss fight at the top of the lighthouse. But like looking back on it a little, I I still stand by the fact that it's underwhelming, but I kind of appreciate that the end of the lighthouse isn't the boss fight, it's the entire lighthouse. Uh and I found some of those yeah. encounters really interesting. Like the one encounter was like what was the second enemy you fought in the, in the game? And I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't remember. So it's like mm-hmm. having to, you know, once again, like, for the most part, the mysteries aren't really related to each other tangentially, but it's things like that that manages to keep the game, like, interwoven. And, you know, mm-hmm. it also plays into that aspect of, like, these are mysteries you're trying to solve, so of course you would want to be remembering those things. Right. Um, but a lot of, like a lot of that lighthouse is like, I mean, like you were saying, it's just like, it's a lot of skill checks and, you know, making sure that you're like up to snuff and ready to take this thing on. And the game doesn't feel the need to rely on a boss fight at the very end. It's just like, okay, you like, this is a skill check. Yeah. If you can make it through, like you are now rewarded. Like we don't need to rely on, you know, trying to throw like this really tough enemy at you. We just know that you've managed to make it through this lighthouse and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I didn't really think about it like that, but yeah, that's a good point. And uh, it, it's cool for the, the games like lore reasons too. And like the stories when you're saying like, what's the second enemy you fought, they explain it by saying like, there's been someone following you and your, your journeys taking pictures of what's going on. And there's one question on the door. Who's the second enemy you fought? Like, this guy is, like, keeping tabs on you. I don't know. It's it's cool. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I... All in all, I think that this game is really cool. And, uh... I... <laughs> take a shot every time I said cool. <laughs> I think I've said it probably about 10, 15 times by now. <laughs> Um, but I mean, all in all, I, I really, I really enjoyed the game and I'm excited to see what this developer, um, has for the future, whether it be for world of horror or any other IPs that come up with in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we got to experience this game while it was in early access, because this is definitely one of those games that is like, it'll be interesting to track the the progress and the different changes that are made to the game as it goes on. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, is there anything else you have to say about the game? Uh, no, that's about all I've got. Cool. Um, so do you have a VR segment for us? Um, I feel like I did, but I can't remember. I do. Okay, what is it? Um, Resident Evil 4 Remaster was announced the other day. Yes, and, uh, yes it was. I'm very excited for that. Um, Resident, Resident Evil um, is has a very, very, very big place in my heart, and uh, I am very excited to see this game that has been ported almost the same amount of times as Skyrim to different consoles uh, be finally remastered into uh, the new re-engine and, uh, you know, look gorgeous for the first time ever. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> some of those textures in the old game, man. Holy fuck. Yeah, it'll, um, be, it'll be really interesting to see. Yeah, 
I'm just very excited, but I have to wait a whole another almost year. Yeah. Darn it. But, I think you know. we always knew this one was coming. Like, fr- mm-hmm. from the moment they released the Resident Evil 2 remake, like, everyone knew, like, oh yeah, we're getting a Resident Evil 4 remake at some point. But it's glad, I'm glad to know it's, like, it, it has an official release date at this point. It'll be, I'm really excited to play it. It's around the corner. Yeah. It's coming. Um, speaking of, like, them being um, released as remakes, or remasters, um, they've done it for Resident Evil 1, but they kept the same tank controls. I'm kind of really hoping that they go back to 1 and put it in, put it through the, the re-engine. I was going to say, like, I get why they started with 2, but the fact that they haven't gone back to do 1 seems really, like, odd to me. Uh, I think it's because they did, uh, they had it original, then they remastered it for the GameCube in, like, better graphics, and then we still hadn't gotten anything for 2, and then they're like, okay, time to do 2, but, you know, I still would really like to see 1 redone as well. Yeah, I think, like, my guess what they'll do is they'll probably stop at 4, and then they'll go back and do 1. Because I, I would be yeah. very surprised if they touch 5, 6, and 7. Well, 7 or is not, already in the room. Not re- 7. Engine. 5 and 6, I should say. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, I like... I, I kind of hope they do 5 and 6. That'd be cool they... to see... Sorry, go on. Uh, that's fine. Uh, if I, I think it'd be really cool to see uh, a multiplayer in that engine. Mm-hmm. Like, other... Well, I mean, they already have that, like weird side mode but i don't i haven't touched that Mm -hmm. either way you know what i mean yeah but you were gonna say i would just be the only reason i would be surprised is because like um i mean obviously five and six were not received well at all uh but i know like especially five specifically like there's a lot of like problematic shit in that game so if they do go back and decide to remake them it'll be very interesting to see the direction they go in with it because yeah I don't know, because it, like, those games are just so different from, like, Resident Evil 1 through 4 that it, Mm -hmm. I don't know that the style they're going for with these remakes that they've done would fit, like, 5 or 6 very well. Right. Because 5 and 6 are more, like, over-the-top action games, while the others are more, like, actual horror. Mm -hmm. Um, But 4 toes the line, I think. Yeah, I think four, 4 for me feels like a good stopping point with these remasters mm-hmm. just because like it manages to retain enough of that horror that it would fit the, the style of these remakes very well. Yeah. And uh I I know that there is some like there's some like weird stuff in Resident Evil 4 that they're going to take out. Um but, you know, I've made my peace with that. <laughs> um I just hope that they keep some of the the cheesy dialogue the same as how it was. It would be <laughs> I think it would be weird if they didn't. I think I think they'll manage yeah. to retain some of that charm. Like like I I won't miss looking up um you know uh fuck what's Ashley? I can't even remember. Yeah, Ashley's skirt. Yeah. I I I, I won't miss any of that, but like some of Leon's one-liners that are kind of questionable that he... I quote on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> like, I'll miss those. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Either way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, more of the story, I'm excited, and I want to see uh, Resident Evil 1 on the re-engine. Yeah. So. Um, 
you had anything else that you'd like, uh, go for it. Uh, I mean, I did kind of want to touch on the fact that E3 is kind of done. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if we cancel it. Yeah, it got canceled. Uh, well, the in-person event got canceled and they also announced that they weren't doing a virtual one. Uh, Mm -hmm. personally, like a lot of people in the games industry think that this is it for E3. Like they're just done, done. And it wouldn't surprise me, but it is still a little sad to see it go, you know? Because, like, yeah. I mean, it's it's E3. and uh, But at the same time, I think this is a really good opportunity for somebody like Jeff Keighley to step in. Because he's been, uh, I mean, he's been workshopping the Summer Games, uh, Summer Games Fest uh, for, I mean, years now. And now that, like, the Titan that was E3 is effectively done like this is a really good opportunity for summer games fest to like step into those shoes and kind of become not the next e3 but a better e3 you know Mm -hmm. and i mean obviously i think a lot of these companies like sony and nintendo will continue to do their own presentations but uh which is fine like i get the business strategy behind it um but it, I don't know, it'll be really interesting to see where, like, the big gaming event industry goes. Because, I mean, yeah. E3 was such a titan for, what, 30 years at this point that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I mean, it's a, big, it's a big shoe to fill, but I think someone's got to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. E3 has brought people together in a way that is going to be hard to bring back. And, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, to see it go is sad to see it go without ever attending one in person is sad. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things I wanted to do since I was a kid. Never really got around to it, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, There is always packs. It's not really the same, but it's, I mean, it's, it's probably the closest we're going to get at this point. Mm hmm. But, you know, I mean, everything good must come to an end eventually. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's sad to see E3 go, but there will be other things. And plus, you know, Nintendo Directs and, like, uh, fuck, what what does Sony do? What's that thing? Sony State of Play. Yeah, Sony State of Play. Like, those are fun enough to watch. Mm -hmm. Especially Nintendo Directs. They know how to get people going. It's kind of just, you know, like, them having their their chance to show off their shit um, to a wide audience all at once. That is going to be sad to see. Yeah. I think in the near future, it seems like, like what it seems like is going to happen is the spirit of E3 will exist through all of these gaming companies recognizing that like, while the idea of E3, like the event of E3 is dead, the idea is not. And I mean, even this year, like Xbox has, a like a summer uh games con uh scheduled and sony just had theirs we still have yet to see an announcement from nintendo for a like a summer direct but if if they didn't do it it would be really weird so mm-hmm. you know these these events are still happening but i mean uh it's yeah. not it's not in any sort of organized fashion it's just you know every company yeah. kind of doing its own thing it's just you know it's rare for these companies to come together, um, whether it just be to show off their stuff or really like get with the community. 
and uh, it's sad to see one of the the big the big uh, events go away. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. there will always be things like the Game Awards, which you know kind of mm-hmm. fits its own niche, but I think part of the advantage that E3 had was it, you know, it happens before the holiday season, which is when a lot of like really big AAA titles release. So for, for these companies to not take advantage of the fact that like June and July is sort of like an established season to announce or uh, reveal gameplay for like big, like AAA titles coming up, like it would be weird for somebody to not seize that opportunity or at least continue to do what the norm is right now. Right. But yeah, so yeah, that's about all I've got. Cool. Uh, no, I guess yeah. we have another little mini VR segment. We got a new little buddy. His name oh, is Finn. Yeah. Here, Finn, do you want to say yeah. something to the mic? He's there with you. Yeah, <laughs> he's here. Oh. Finn, say something. Oh, he's like, oh, can you hear him? No. <laughs> he's like trying to bite my glasses. I'm like trying to hold him up to the mic, but say something. Just trying to get a meow. Yeah. He's like, oh, I heard that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 be, I'll be able to hear that in post. When yeah. I have your audio. <laughs> he was like scratching at the mic a bit, so I, I imagine you'll hear All that. Right. But yeah, he's he's a treat. Yeah, Finnegan Ryden. Finnegan Ryden. What a cool guy. Finn for short. But yeah. Yeah, I suppose I should reveal the next game then, huh? Yeah, if you want to go ahead and do that. I think you're gonna be very excited. So right, I'll take your word for it for now. <laughs> before before I announce the game, I'm going to announce a little something special. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the first main episode that we have a guest on. And I'll tell right. you I'll tell you the guest now, Declan. It's going to be Sparks. Yeah. It's going to be our boy Jacob. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. I, we're bringing him on. Yep, I talked to him about it today. He says uh he says he should be good. So at some point He's down. Cool. Yeah, he says he's down. So here's the game. All right. I imagine he knows the game. Yes, he does know the game. <laughs> okay, because he had to ask it. <laughs> anyway. It's a... No, I actually waited for it. I told him he has to listen to this episode for me to reveal yeah. the game. <laughs> Nobody got himself into. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we can't we can't start playing till 1 p.m. Yeah. On Monday. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, but it's a game the three of us have played together before. Mm-hmm. And... I might have a good guess. It's a game but that, I won't say anything. like, all three of us have, like, expressed interest in, like, wanting to go back and play again. So I'm finally mm-hmm. using this as an opportunity. We are going to be playing Terraria. I fucking knew it! <laughs> as soon as you fucking said... As soon as you said Jacob and, the like, bringing someone on, I was like, oh, man, it's gonna be fucking Terraria. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you as excited I, as I, I thought you would be? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. Um I I as you know, I've also been looking for an excuse to play um Terraria. And mm-hmm. we've, we've been talking about it back and forth. Um but yeah, that's I I'm glad. Um now here's the real question. Will I play as a mage yet again or will I venture <laughs> out? <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, the three of us yeah. can kind of hash that out once we start our world. Yeah, um, every time we played this game, uh, loyal viewers, I have 
always like said yeah i'm gonna play a different thing and then i always just go like yeah never mind i'm being a mage <laughs> yeah well the last time you and i played together you did a melee build that's true and i that's was only because i wanted to get to the that that's only because i wanted the sword the cool the meow mirror sword. yeah not the meow mirror uh what was it called the zenith the zenith right yeah the, the meow mirror yeah yes you're right okay so yeah but yeah it's been at least like it's been a good two years since we like all sat down and played Terraria together. So, and I fuck dude, I love Terraria. I was thinking about it today and I'm like disappointed that I didn't bring up Terraria in our greatest games of all time discussion. (laughs) Cause this game is fucking great. I I thought about, I just, I don't know if it, whatever, that's another discussion. We could talk about that on, on the episode. Yeah. Um, but I'm actually, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, <laughs> side note, I do remember you asking, uh, Bria <laughs> if I was going to be excited. And and she's no. like, no, she's like, he's not going to be excited so, at all. <laughs> so I get to go so out there and be like, huh, bitch. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think we plug our shit now. Yes, we um, probably should. So... You can send us an email, please. Please, 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 please. Um, we love hearing from you guys. So if you'd like to send us something, that'll be callsapointpodcast at gmail.com. I actually um, have I have an idea. Okay. I want to try like a call to action to send in an email. So okay. I was I was thinking about it. I was thinking back to the like video game soundtracks episode that we did. I want to hear from the listeners what are some of their favorite video game soundtracks or like pieces of music from video games. That is a great idea. Yeah. So I I'm excited to hear anyone's gaming soundtracks. Because yeah. I love video game soundtracks. Yeah, video game music is great. So I want to know what some of your guys' favorite. And I mean, I I would be willing to put in the effort to edit them into the episode like as we talk about them, so like, if you have a specific piece of music you would like to talk about, or even just, like, a general video game soundtrack, like, send them in, and, yeah, and we'll, 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 we'll chat it, chat it up about them. Awesome. Yep, so if you want to leave your music, um, leave it at the email I just read. <laughs> well, I didn't read, said, either way. Um, <laughs> uh, if that doesn't, if that's not up your alley, you can, uh, uh, tag our twitter at call us a point um you can send us your shit on there and we will try and see it but you know the email is the better option (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know give us a give us a rating um on apple podcast spotify anything uh you listen on Mm -hmm. we also uh decided when was it? The 20... What were we doing our next quick save on? The 27th, is that? I think so. Not super sure. I believe It'll so. Be sometime this month. Yeah, I think it is the 27th, so that's the last week of June. I don't know. Do we have that planned? What uh, what we're going to do? Yeah, that's the one where we're going to get fucking hammered. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're going to get... <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> We're going to cool. get blasted, and I'm going to wax philosophically about the world. Awesome. Um, yeah. That's another thing, too. If you want to send in ideas for uh, quick saves you want to hear about, um, yeah. that's another thing you can ask us to do. Um, 
but yeah cool uh make sure to send us our uh our, our music to talk about please yeah. and thanks all right but i think that's um, the show yeah that's it everyone yep all right say bye finn say bye oh he's like calling at the mic say bye-bye say bye-bye Oh, there he goes. What's us to say? Yeah, he's like, don't go. I, I, I love Call of Save Point. Please. <laughs> this is our favorite. Don't end it. New, new, new mascot alert. Sends <laughs> <laughs> our new little buddy. <laughs> okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.